This is the morning sports desk for Friday, July 9th, uh, July 21st. That ball's hit well into center field. Castro back on a warning track wall, jumps up, it's gone. So Hernandez, straight away central, is 16th of the year, 2-0 Seattle. Yeah, the Twins lose 5-0 to the Seattle Mariners yesterday. They split the series with the Mariners, which, you know, isn't ideal. The Mariners aren't necessarily uh, the team they were last year, uh, but they still are a decent team. They still have a good roster, and for them to split isn't the end of the world going on the road onto the West Coast, especially following a sweep of Oakland. The Twins have a 5-2 and mark on that West Coast road trip, their last West Coast road trip of the season, too. So we finally... Don't have to worry about staying up late to watch and or listen to the game. Uh, now they come home for a three-game series against the Chicago White Sox. They're going to face their three best pitchers in Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, and Lucas Giolito. Uh, so that'll be a tough task for the Twins, but the White Sox aren't very good. So as long as the Twins hang around, there's a good chance they should and could and you know really hopefully win two out of three over the course of this weekend. Uh, I mean, not much else to say. The Twins got blank 5-0. Uh, I think there's just a couple things. Uh, maybe if we want to just nitpick on this ball game, uh, and that is the fact of that Buxton has been going through it, man. He is... It's tough because there's a lot of people I know who are saying, like, yeah, he's got to play center field just because of the fact of they know him as a center fielder and they and he's still relatively in the prime age of his life in his mid to late 20s. And and I get that sentiment. I get the fact that people, and I'm sure a lot of you listening, want to see him in center field. I want to see him in center field too. He's a great athlete. Uh, but one thing uh, I do want to note uh, is that the dude just isn't healthy. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think Byron Buxton, I mean, Byron Buxton wants to be out there. Uh, playing center field. He's just not healthy enough. And, I mean, he's on pace to play the most games he has in his career in a single season. He's on pace to play over 100 games this year. He hasn't had any major time on the IL. I mean, he's had a stint here or there, but for the most part, he's been in almost every game. And he just hasn't been quite healthy. And I wish the answer were just as simple as, we'll put him on the IL for 10 days and kind of figure it out. And he'll come back better. But the thing with Byron Buxton is, it's I mean, it's just tough. It, it's tough. Uh, he just hasn't been healthy. The knees are never probably ever going to be 100% healthy ever again. And it just stinks because he's an all-around athlete and one of the best players in baseball when healthy. But the thing with Buxton is we've just said when healthy way too many times. But here's what Rocco Baldelli had to say. Uh, about Byron Buxton and about a slump. It's a bit of a longer clip, but I'm going to play it here. He took some swings that, that did look different today than the swings that we had been seeing the, the previous week. He's going to work and keep looking for it. That's all he can do. I mean, that's that's all that's all that we can do right now. He's a supremely uh, talented athlete. I've sat up here before, and everyone on this team has watched him for so many years and go, I mean, there's you can almost say there's there's no one that can do the things that he can do right now getting to that point in his swing and, and getting to these uh, positions that normally lead to a lot of success. It's been challenging for him to get into those spots uh, physically, but he's going to keep working. I mean, this it's a long season and it's a grind and it feels tough now because we're at a, a point where it's not going well the way you want it to go. But that's 
that's life and that that's going to happen you're going to have points that feel like low points and it doesn't take a lot to get out of those low points but it takes work and it takes discipline and it takes belief and focus and uh, he has those things and he's surrounded by people that know what he's capable of and are going to keep him going I mean, the, I, I get it with Rocco, what he's trying to say there is that he's just got to like, you have to just keep going about things. You have to keep working at it and eventually things will turn around. But man, he just, he might need to go on the IL for 10 days or for whatever. And not just to get right himself, but just so that way the DH spot can be used by somebody like an Ed Julian when Jorge Polanco comes back or used by a Matt Walner who got two hits in the game yesterday uh, playing in the corner outfield. So I think it's probably more from that aspect of the Twins just need to, they just need to put him on the IL and clear up a roster spot right now because it's just not, it's just not working uh, right now. I mean, he is in a rut. He is in a low point. But that's the thing with Buxton this year. And, I mean, this year has been very drastic in his low points. But he's been a very streaky player. And right now he's in the middle of a bottom streak. And it's not looking good. And as a DH, he just provides no value. And he's not going to go out in center field anytime soon. So it just needs to be... Unless he's going to start playing center field, then he probably just needs to go on the I.L. Anyway, uh, let's move on to something more positive. I mean, uh, like the Vikings' first-round draft pick speeding on I-94 in St. Paul at 140 miles an hour. It was at like two in the morning. Uh, alcohol is not involved. I, I mean, I'm I'm sure there hasn't been anything reported that there was alcohol involved. So I'm assuming there is a not. Uh, but you know what they say about assuming. But uh, either way. Here's my main shake of it. Everybody wants to like, there's people I saw on social media that are like trying to connect dots that, that he, he's going to be a bust and he's a locker room cancer. And he's going to look, look, it was a dumb mistake. Obviously should not be doing that at all. Uh, you just, I mean, driving triple digits is just very unsafe anywhere. Uh, but driving 140 in the middle of the night in 94 in St. Paul. First of all, it's a dumb idea. That's like one of the main roads in the cities. There's there's state patrol everywhere there. And secondly, uh, just, I mean, we know the, the Las Vegas Raiders had a wide receiver just a couple of years ago who was driving drunk in Las Vegas and speeding at like 140 and killed a woman. Uh, it's just, I mean, senseless. But I don't need to tell you that. I'm preaching to the choir when, you know, we say it's a dumb mistake. But... I mean, he's got a chance to learn and grow from it, and I think that's the thing. If he goes up there and apologizes and truthfully means it and then does better, like actually turn like the thing about asking for forgiveness is you have to stop doing what you're asking forgiveness for. Like a kid, if he breaks a window and says he's sorry, he doesn't immediately go and break another window kind of a deal. Uh, so, look, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He's 22 years old. He's young. He's whatever. I'm not saying we can't hold him accountable, but what I am saying is, you know, if he's ready to move on from this and he shows remorse, then let's move on and he can have a career. Keep in mind, remember Stefan Diggs when he was with the Vikings, uh, his car, like a $100,000 expensive sports car, uh, j- like rolled over underneath an overpass at one point and uh, basically he just said that he loaned that car to a friend and that's what happened and he has no idea what happened to his $100,000 car. So the point is saying that uh, I'm not saying he did it, but I'm saying it's just very sketchy. And to the point of 
It's a dumb it's a dumb thing that happened for Jordan Addison, the Vikings first round wide receiver, who the Vikings are expecting to get some contributions from this season to replace the production from Adam Thielen. And it's not a good look. It's not a good start. He'll have to answer questions for that. But the only thing that can make us stop talking about it is if he just doesn't do it again and plays well on the field. Then it turns into a one-off. It turns into a one-off incident rather than a pattern. But again, I'm it's stupid, but I'm not going to overreact. What he did was stupid, but I'm not going to overreact and say that the Vikings drafted a bad kid and and you know this career his career is going to bust and it was a waste of a draft pick. Time will tell. Let's just let time kind of tell on that one. Uh, anyway, let's uh, talk about the episode seven of quarterback as we wrap things up here on a Friday on the morning sports desk. And one more episode away after this one, and we'll have Corey Tackman come back on Monday when he gets back from vacation, and we'll break down the last episode and then also just kind of break down the quarterback series as a whole. But this is the really the last episode that prominently features Kirk Cousins. They kind of close the book on him because the Vikings playoff run ends and they pretty much just talk about that playoff game and the preparation for it and what happened in game and Kirk again talks about you know throwing it to Hawkinson short of the first down instead of to Jefferson and basically he's like I I was gonna get sacked I don't think I could have gotten a good enough throw to Justin Jefferson and I threw it to Hawkinson now there are people that will still disagree and say look Jefferson made one unreal catch already on a fourth and 18 in Buffalo Give him a chance to do it again. I get that. I also get the point of, look, man, I just see him right there. I got a guy running in my face. Let's just see what happens. It already worked earlier on that drive, remember, dumping it down to Hawkinson on a third down short of the sticks, and he was able to muscle his way through. Uh, So, you know, whatever. But here is Kirk Cousins after the game. Just kind of, this is a long, this basically a long conversation he had with his wife on the car ride home from the playoff loss to the Giants, and here's what it sounded like. There weren't a ton, but there were probably three. You feel like if you just have those three back, you might win the game. Three mistakes or three? Yeah, yeah, one of the early third downs, I took took too quick a footwork, and so I was ahead of the read. It was open for a first down, and then we had to punt. And then third down the second to last play of the game we got we got the coverage we wanted I got the read I wanted I was dropping back thinking this is perfect and uh, the ball was like maybe a foot too far you know behind him or on him it wasn't in front of him and if the ball's in front of him he was that KJ yeah yeah the ball should have been out in front of him and he catches that and we're we're going terrible when you only run 50-some plays, you know, the, the two or three that you want back really loom large. <sighs> the hardest part is that when you go to OTAs, you know, 13 wins this year is no bearing. You're back to nothing. It's a really, really fascinating quote from Kirk. And, you know, he talks about things in the middle of a game and about how there's some late-game decisions that he made and some things that he wished that he could have had back. But at the end of the day, uh, with with Kirk Cousins, uh, the last the last part of the quote is what really fascinates me. And it's true, but, like, it's 
it's really interesting to hear him acknowledge it and say it, which is the fact of, you know, everything we did this season is done. Like, there's no carryover. As much as people talk of momentum, the 13-4 and season the Vikings had isn't carrying over into next season. They have to start over from scratch. Everything that they did is done. And it's in the moment just kind of that gut check of everything in that season culminating, uh, you know, coming together in that. It's just a really fascinating uh, conversation. Kirk Cousins is very self-aware, sometimes too self-aware, but it's really fun to peel back the curtain and get to hear his thoughts in a very vulnerable moment uh, with him and his wife. So it's, it's a very fascinating documentary. Uh, we'll talk about the last episode next week, and we'll have Corey come back and recap everything on Monday. But that's been the Morning Sports Desk for Friday, July 21st.